Hey guys, Liat here. Nothing to tell you about. Just as behavior analysts, you know we're into giving non-contingent reinforcement. So I just wanted to go ahead and tell you that you are effing cool and keep doing what you're doing. Love ya. Mwah. Mean it. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. And we are here with episode 145. Casey, we haven't made a rhyme in a while. We had a lot of stuff in our bank podcast, so let's see if Casey's had some time to be a little more original. What do you have for us today, Casey? Episode 145. All right. Well, I worked really hard on this, and I think it's great. So I can't believe, A, that we're even at episode 145, but we keep doing it. So... We're alive. Episode one. We're alive. No. Episode 145. Does the thought of getting your supervision hours make you feel like you will not survive? Good job. That is a great one. Great, great, great one. Oh, my God. I love it. Okay. You know, I really like to keep the rhyme with like the kind of along the topic of the podcast. That's kind of where I've been moving with these rhymes. And, and we're so in so. tune that I knew you were going to use the word alive. I said survive. Oh, Yeah. We're so in tune. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually very out of tune, but we haven't podcasted in a while. So I said, hopefully today, this episode is going to see if we still have chemistry or not. And if we don't, it's over. So cool. Let's go. Um, I have a really good review today and it's kind of long. So buckle stick up, bitches. With me, but it's really cool. Um, and I, I really feel that someone that takes this amount of time to leave this long and good of a review deserves to be read. So here we go. So this is from Rarasar. Rarasar. Love you, mean it. Hello, ladies. I'm fairly new listener. Have only been listening for about three months now, but I'm absolutely hooked. I listen to the podcast on the way to work in the morning and any extra time I have throughout the day. I've listened to newer episodes and have gone digging through the cemetery of older ones. I like that she called it a cemetery. That's good. Um, shout out to episode 69, 69.5, and the most recent edition, ABA for HIV. I was so interested in the topic and speaker that I listened to 69 at least three times. I really love listening to y'all. Y'all has helped me build up my repertoire of understanding because you've made it very easy to relate things to real life situations. This podcast has been reinforcement for me to get in the car and go and also has been a calming skill I've used when my social anxiety flares up before a consult. Uh I'm currently going through some RBT study while doing my master's program in ABA, so wish me luck on my upcoming RBT test. Good luck. And the perseverance to push through my master's degree. I've been a stay-at-home mom for seven years and have been back in the group for three months. Your podcast has helped me keep focused and my mind on behavior more often. Can't wait to be on the other side so I can remember all this struggle like, ha, that used to be me. Keep up the great work and put out more. The only thing I wish I could get from y'all is newer stuff more often. I'm always going through the archives as I wait for a new episode to be posted. P.S. My new Snabatabs have come in. I'm off to decorate my Cooper book like I've been encouraged to. Good job. P.S.S. Should I buy the coloring book? Looks both fun and like I'm already done. Like an already done note sheet. Yes, go and buy the I'm going to give book. it to you as a it gift. Listen, Rorosaur, send us an email and we'll get you yes. that coloring book as a gift because you wrote this long ass review and oh my God. Episode 69 was the one all about fetishes. So you're into weird stuff. Mm -hmm. That's cool. You listen three times. Love it. Um, That's my kind of episode too. Cool. I mean, I'm kind of boring sexually actually, but the episode was fun. So, um, (laughs) Rora Sore, thank you. I, 
you're going to do great in everything. If you need supervision, we have your girls here for you today. If you need test prep, we're here for you along the way. So with that, I know my dad's probably listening to this podcast right now. Ignore the part I said about sex, dad. And also, I know you're saying we're talking too long before the show. So here we go. Today's episode. Dun, dun, dun. Who do we have on the show today, Casey? So we have a repeat offender um, who I love and a new one, a new guest. Um, but they are, you know, they're kind of like the Liat and Casey of the supervision world. So we're super excited to have them. So we have Marissa and Peggy on. I'm going to let them kind of really tell you a little bit more about themselves because, again, I don't need to read their straight bios. But Marissa and Peggy, they run local ABA. It's a remote supervision company. And if any of you have ever emailed me over at contact at studynotesaba.com asking about supervision, I always send you to these beautiful ladies. And they really have dialed in the world of remote supervision. And we all know that sometimes the best supervision isn't always there. So welcome to the show, Marissa and Peggy. Thank you so much for having us. I'm so excited to, one, see you guys, and two, uh, talk about supervision and for you to meet my lovely Peggy. I love that you said that we're the Liat and Casey, because I feel like that dynamic duo for sure, like in the supervision space, and um, yeah. I love, I love Peggy so much. So I'm ha happy to have her here too. Thank you. I'm excited to be here for the first time. So thank you for having me guys. Yeah. You guys are like Casey and Leah, but you have way cuter pictures taken. <laughs> I know we have like the <laughs> shittiest picture. And Casey, by the way, you're a total biatch. Like you keep posting pictures, even for my effing birthday of when you know I was missing half my head of hair after giving birth. And you do it because you look good. I just want to call you out on that. I know that you're like, happy birthday, Leah. You're bald the entire top. And these girls have like these like exotic, like beautiful, like beach pictures and like creams and tans. And like, I look like a chode. So anyways, just wanted to call you out while we had the opportunity. We haven't been on air to call out, you know. <laughs> But yeah, so Peggy, when I met you and Marissa for this like, kind of pre-interview, I immediately kind of fell in love and was like, oh, definitely, Peggy, I can see why Marissa loves you so much. So Marissa, um, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what you and Peggy do, how you kind of met, and a little bit about local ABA. Yes. So um, basically, I met Peggy um, when I was working for a third party in the DOE in Hawaii. And so we met in Hawaii. I was studying for my exam. I failed my exam and I needed a new way to study. And so, you know, I would never talk about me not passing the exam with any other people. But then I just met Peggy. She was studying for her exam too. And I said, hey, like, I'm not passing. I need a different study partner. Do you want to study together? So we met and that's literally, I met thousands of teachers, literally thousands of teachers in the state of Hawaii. And Peggy was the one that I she gravitated towards me and I gravitated towards her. And it was just like this special connection. And then I moved from Hawaii to California. I started local ABA. We kept in contact. And I did an event where I asked her to beta it out with me. And she was like, that was so much fun. Whenever you need somebody, just 
keep me in mind kind of thing. So uh, local focuses on remote supervision. So any of you guys needing or inquiring about remote supervision, I just love to even disseminate and talk about it. And um, she was like, you know, whenever you need someone else, let me know. And I remember she actually, when she was accruing her hours, she helped me beta out the curriculum for local as well for like a month or for something like that. And I remember her asking me, what if you don't know everything that they ask you? That would just be a part that makes me super nervous. And I said, you know what? Like, if I don't know it, I don't know it. And that's kind of one of the core principles at local is we don't pretend to know everything under the sun because we just don't know everything. And that's okay. And it's that model, I hope, for our supervisees to then say, that's okay, I don't know this, and let's figure it out together as well. So when locals started picking up more business, I needed a partner, and I was like, who else better than Peggy to come and be my partner? So yeah, so that's how it all kind of got started with us. Wait, is Peggy still in Hawaii? Are you still in Hawaii? I am, yes. Okay, that's why you said you just woke up because I was like doing a little bit of math earlier. I thought you were in California and I was like, it's noon. I was like, and she's like, yeah, it's really early. I was like, okay, 10 a.m., not judging. I like to sleep in too. But I was like wondering like, you're like, I had to secretly move my daughter out of my bed for this podcast. And I was like, you had to secretly move her out of 10? Like, didn't she wake up? Okay. <laughs> I No, it was like seven. seven oh my God. Okay. No, and I want to just add to that story too, Marissa. I think a big part of why we connected too was that we both had like really awful supervision experiences and I had just lost my hours when we met. So that was a big part of it because I was, you were coming in and helping us and I was really overwhelmed with what was going on in my classroom. So I was talking with you about that and then I was like, and then this happened to me. And then you opened up to share your story. And that was another big like connection of like, Right, because the same thing happened to me as well, yeah. where I lost hundreds and hundreds of hours too. That is like Danielle, our co-teacher at SNABA, um, she lost all of hers too. And because she forgot to take, I think it was like a, it used to be a requirement, it's not anymore, but it was like some eight hour video you had to watch or something. And then she lost them all. And then when she started accruing them again, they removed the requirement I'm not sure quite the situation but yeah she had a she has like over like 5,000 hours <laughs> and it's sad because it happens so often and like I know that you guys at Snaba say you know you have a shitty supervision experience you're not special a lot mm -hmm. of people have shitty supervision experiences but it's so sad that my experience and Peggy's experience is a lot of people's experiences and probably people who are listening to this podcast right now is like oh my gosh, that's happening to me too, or I'm in the process of this. And uh, it just happens far too often. And I think what's attributing toward it is one, supervisees don't know their rights as supervisees. And also two, supervisors are not fully understanding the supervision guidelines in providing that supervision too. So it's it goes both ways. So another kind of... Um cross reference or whatever is that you both have done CEUs for SNABA and I did watch both of them. I love them both. Um, 
Marissa's was like supervision through DMs, like questions that she probably gets a lot. Peggy's was more on self-care and supervision. Um, And one of the things that stuck out for me and I wrote it down for like a conversation starter is if anyone's out there and you're kind of thinking like, oh, I want to break out of the box and I want to do something different. um, One thing that I think it was Marissa, like you got to like sit down and think like, what are your three gifts or what are your gifts that makes you different that you bring Mm -hmm. to the field that you could, you know, stand out. Yeah. 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 And I think that is something that I, I started writing down my things and I'm like, okay, so I like come from like a trauma background, right? Like parents, Mm -hmm. like even just like yesterday, I can't even say it on air because it's so fucking wild. I can if we have extra time at the end. It's so wild. Oh, but anyways, I, I mean, it's just like very, like a lot of trauma. Um, so that helps me, um, like with that, background um to help people when they to see how they can succeed um if they have gone through trauma as well um and i love experimental design um i i nerd out on that shit so like as a teacher um i can bring that relatable to our students um and i have a really big place in my heart and a passion for adults with disabilities um because they don't get the services that the littles get and um that's something I'm really passionate about. So like, those are my kind of three things that I thought make me stand out, um, that I was passionate about. And so if anyone's out there right now, you know, start thinking about these things of what makes you, what, what lights you up. Um, and that will help you guide where you might want to go in the field a little bit more. Yes. And so I love that you said that because all those three things are people, people don't, necessarily if you were to do I'm sure a population most people are not going to say I love experimental design most people are not going to say I love working with adults so and people don't always come from that trauma-informed background or maybe they do and they're like I want to work with Casey because she is a badass at this that and that right so that's what sets you apart and I want to add that you're in a Incredible teacher too. Um, that is your gift because not a lot of people are teachers, right? Like not a lot of BCBAs are teachers, and I'm sure that's why you both got into test prep world because you guys are amazing teachers. You can break down a super complex term or you know task this item and make it digestible for people, and not a lot of BCBAs can do that. Not a lot of BCBAs have that skill. So that's like, that is your gift. And you're, you're disseminating that in your own way, right? And, you know, even at local, we have people, um, our students do passion projects. So it's like focusing on that, what lights you up? What are you excited about? And hey, you have the reign to go and research this and, and present a project to your peers, right? And we give like massive amounts of feedback on it. We work on it together and then they disseminate it to their, to their peers. And I just love that portion of the supervision experience for our locals. We call them locals. Our supervisees are locals (laughs) for our locals because they, they get to get 
see how like we do CEUs too. Cause the same way I do the passion project is how I conduct my CEUs. So they are understanding how to write objectives, how to um, disseminate that in a ACE kind of provider mentality. So it's really cool and special, I think. And I want to add to that too. Like I learned something every passion project. Every time somebody presents something, I learned something new, which is really cool because here from the supervisor position, again, we don't know it all. And so it's really cool to have these people that you work with and you're providing supervision to for, you know, some of them, it could be a year. Most people is a little less than that, but you're working with them for so long and then all of a sudden they're teaching you and it's like, whoa, this is so cool. And this is an area of the field like I never knew about before. So I love that about it too. So I, I want to talk about supervision as a whole, that you guys come into it and you've made this your full-time thing, which is really needed because, I mean, first of all, obviously anyone listening, if you're someone and you're like, I live in blah, 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 Arkansas, how am I going to get my supervision? Or there's one clinic there that sucks you know, and that's not where you want to get your learning from. I just want you guys to know there are opportunities to get remote supervision where you could still be working in whatever setting you're working in. And I know as a BCBA, when I was expected to supervise and oversee clients, like I remember constantly feeling unfulfilled, like I'm just doing a shitty job. Like I'm I feel like I'm not able to give the most to my clients because, first of all, I have a billion clients, way too many. And like, I'm like, really, I felt like if I wanted to do a good job, I needed one client. <laughs> like, <laughs> then then it was like, it needs to be one. That's what I felt like. But um, yes, exactly. And then providing supervision. First of all, you're supervising people who aren't even in the field necessarily, right? So you're just like, hey, you were working at Target the day before. Now you're working here. So I want to give you an idea of what a – like. You kind of feel like you almost want to give those people more supervision because you want to at least let them know what they're what they're doing or why they're doing it. But the people who are going to become our next generation BCBAs, where the hell is the time for that to to give them supervision to make them strong when they come out? And so I guess what I'm saying there is what you guys are doing is so important, making this your full time thing that like people are, I I guess I just want to, you know, I always like go on and long rants. I said so many things to say there and kind of organize it, but what are people getting when they come to you for supervision? And like, that's all you're doing. What are you able to provide that someone may not get in a clinic from a BCBA who's spread thin across talking to insurance, actually seeing the clients, trying to be a supervisor, teach the people who are just behavior technicians who have no interest in pursuing this field any further. Right. Well, when you think about it, right, as a BCBA, you have all these duties, right? Your client is always going to be on the top of your priority list, right? And then maybe observations, reports, you have other RBTs, um, you have non-RBTs as well. And then you have your candidates who are actually going for supervised field work, right? And that's, you really want to dedicate as much time to them as possible. But when looking at the priority list, unfortunately, that falls at the bottom. And that's no fault to the BCBA. That's no fault to the supervisor. It's just 
how it is, unfortunately, right? And so for some people, that might work for them. Some supervisees might be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take the free supervision wherever I can because I can't afford X, Y, Z, and that's fine. But you really do get what the BCBA puts into it. And unfortunately, sometimes the BCBA can't put into it very much because it's it's they're spread too thin. They just don't have time. And it's not the BCBA's fault. It's just the way that it works, unfortunately. There's just not enough time in the day. And <clears throat> so and matching local, law. Also matching law. Like if someone yeah. wants to get paid, right? It's like it not that I mean, people need to get paid to live. So it's like right. I'm not getting paid extra for supervising. I have to be seeing clients to be getting paid or the company to keep me on. So it's, you know, pulling in that matching law that behavior goes or reinforcement flows. Like, yes, I'd love to create the next generation of badass BCBAs, but like, how the F can I do that if the company has to pay bills? (laughs) Right, exactly. And it's just really out of the goodness of your heart as a clinician where you're like, I'm going to, I'm really passionate, but how far is that going to get? How, how long is that going to last, right? Probably not very long. Maybe a quarter, a, two quarters, four, eight months, but it's not, it's not a longevity plan, right? So remote supervision is nice just across the board because you have a dedicated supervisor that is dedicated to just you and your supervision hours. We're not focusing on anything else except for the supervised fieldwork, making sure that your uh, unrestricted hours are ticking all of the boxes, all your requirements are met each month. I mean, obviously the onus is on the supervisee always, but like if you're a remote supervision company, you have checks and balances in in place in order to make sure that you're meeting all the requirements per the, the board. So um, so that is obviously a benefit is just like your sole dedication to that person, which is nice. And, yes. you know, similarly to how you said, Leah, like somebody could be working somewhere else the next day and now they're a supervisee, right? In remote supervision, that is true. We have people that have, they're not even RBTs. They're just, you know, I'm, I want to get my master's in ABA or I'm in some area of mental health that I want to learn more about this field. So it's really cool because if I'm working with those folks, um, we try and, you know, curate their experience to, well, what are you doing? What does it look like for you in real life? You know, I'm not going to give them applicable for you. Right, right, right. So like teachers, uh, who are getting their unrestricted hours are their supervision is going to look very different than somebody who's in a clinic, right. Or these people who have no experience in the field previously. So it's really cool because we're able to really individualize what supervision looks like. But with that comes like a full-time job, right? So, you know, if we're being completely transparent, local is the most consistent BCBA job I've had since I've become a BCBA (laughs) because all the other places were so challenging to work at and overwhelming. And I would burn out so fast where locals like, Oh wait, I can do what I love teach and be supported by somebody that I love, which is also really helpful. But um, just just being able to focus my energy on supervision and teaching and separating that from client outcomes and supervising, like it's just that is just 
so refreshing for me as a BCBA. And it's allowed me to really enjoy being a supervisor, which I don't know if that's everybody's experience when you're in a clinic, like you said, and it's kind of getting pushed, pushed to the back. So, yeah. Well, you realize like you're so, there are so many nuances and rules and requirements. And I still, even though I've like looked up everything on the BACB, I've read all this stuff. I still, when I have questions, I reach out to Marissa and I'm like, I don't get this still. Like, I don't want to fuck this up for anyone, but like, I don't know what to tell someone. I don't know the answer. I don't, oh God, help me. Um, So the fact that you guys want to take that on and and are passionate about it is right where you need to be because I don't want to do that. (laughs) Um, So we need people like you. um, And for the supervisees, the last thing you want is to worry about you forgetting a signature somewhere or... And then your hours not counting or you realizing that you're actually not learning anything and you're, you know, wasting 1500 hours and then you become a BCBA and you have done nothing to actually know what to do as a BCBA. Um, and you've just been continuing on working as an RBT and maybe getting your hours signed off on, but not actually learning. Well, and then it's the thing even is, a waste. I think that's a huge yeah. thing is when you're going through it right in that moment, it's like. Oh my God. I just wanted them signed. Yeah, I didn't even know I what I was them supposed signed. to get. I don't but, care. I mean, for right. me with my health issues, it was like, dude, I just need these hours done. I don't care how I'm doing them, when I'm doing them. I just need them signed and done. That's it. Right. Yeah. But then like, you don't, you're like, whatever, I'm going to be a BCBA just like someone who had like a amazing supervisor. But then suddenly you're a BCBA. You're like, I got the job. I'm getting the same salary as someone who had good supervision. Yeah. But you, there, it's not reinforcing when you're somewhere and you have no fucking idea what to do. <laughs> you're like, what? I'm Spinning in charge around. Here. Like, yeah. It, it, I mean, like I said earlier, you have all those roles. You have, like, you're supposed to be talking to insurance on the phone, like, trying to fight for someone to get hours. You're supposed to be overseeing clients. You're supposed to be supervising, teaching. You're supposed to be, like, setting up parent training, like, writing reports. Oh, my God. And literally doing FBAs, writing out everything. I mean, even like the skills no one talks about. Data. Time management. Like I had zero idea. I'm like, you want me to be, which I don't even think was technically a crazy amount. They're like, you should be billing 25 hours a week. I'm like, how am I supposed to be billing 25 hours a week when I'm creating materials for 15 hours a week and doing this and this? Like no one taught me that. And I was just like, fuck. And then so you're calling someone else. who's working somewhere and they're trying to survive. It's just like, we need people who are specialized in different things. And like, I don't know when our field will, or even clinics, I don't know if it's the field or like, like they're putting so much money into these other like marketing campaigns or this or that. Like maybe they need to like put some money into being like, your role is a supervisor. Like your role Mm -hmm. is to, um, or we're going to pay for your supervision at a good company that can yeah, give correct. you the exactly. time, like local. Yeah. Like, well, Casey, I love that you had said earlier, you're like, I know I don't want to do that, right? Yeah. Like, take on a supervisee. I love that you said that because I think that that's super important for people to hear and be okay with, right? Yeah. Like, it's okay to work in a clinic and mm-hmm. say, no, I don't want to supervise. Or no, I don't like to supervise. I'm not somebody who wants to provide supervised field work hours. That's okay. And I think 
we need to empower people more to say no for things like that because of exactly what we're talking about. If we're just saying yes, because we're too afraid to make somebody upset or I don't know, we feel like it's within our responsibility or, well, I should give back because I had a good supervisor, whatever your reason is. If you don't have the capacity to do that and do it well, then there's really no reason in doing it. So we, I think it's good that, you know, you're, you saying this, I hope other listeners out there are, are hearing this and saying to themselves, well, maybe this will give me the push to advocate for myself a little bit more because then that kind of bridges into my whole self-care piece of like, Self-care is not manicures and pedicures. It is not yoga and meditation and bubble baths. It's not, you know, it's none of those things. It's really knowing how to take care of yourself moment to moment. And if knowing that this supervision is overwhelming to you and noticing the burnout, then the self-care there is to say no and to stop doing that to yourself and to this other person too. So I'm just, I think that it's important for people to hear that and to feel like it's okay to say no. And we need to we need to do that more for the sake of the future of the field, you know? Yes. The way that you said, like, you lost your hours, right? None of them counted. Again, I hate to say this, but you're not special because I literally hear it happening all the time. And right. it's because it's also because as a supervisor a lot, like when you're being pulled in all these directions – you know, you want to like blame your supervisor, like, well, why didn't you tell me blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I still, like, we've been working on some kind of like project thing with like tracking hours and I still don't get it. I'm like, like I'm working (laughs) with someone who's like so specialized. I'm like, and I'm like, what supervisor is going to be sitting like on the phone with the BACB? Like, wait, so explain to me, technically all your hours can be unrestricted is that what you're saying like in like and it's like yeah wait what like no one is just like let's be real no one has taken the time to do that unless that is like that is like marissa knows all this and marissa. peggy knows all this because that's there's like the same way i'm gonna know like no the test has changed regarding this because that's where i'm specialized in like I, i'm not gonna right. be able to tell you about the supervision and So people are having these things happen all the time. And in that moment, it seems valuable to just have someone signing, right? Yeah. But if they're just signing and then those hours are to nothing, that sucks ass. Yes. Like like no one's calling up the BACB for fun. That actually sounds like there's two places I'd never want to call. Health insurance to ask about (laughs) like what my deductible is and why something's not filled and the BACV. Right. Yes. Yep. I agree. And it's funny because, I mean, as we started local in, I started local in 2020. Peggy came on in 2021, right? And it just happened where supervision became my area of focus because, you know, people started asking me questions, like supervision, nitty gritty questions. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm answering this and answering that and answering this. And, and I'm like, oh, I think supervision is my bread and butter now. <laughs> like I feel like very happy, comfortable uh, in this space. And it took me a while to feel that way. Um, it took me a second to be like, oh, okay. Like I do know this stuff. I am comfortable 
speaking in this space, right? Um, because like you're saying, Leah, like you don't want to go into becoming a BCBA not knowing what the heck is going on. But people, you're going to feel lost no matter what because of your imposter syndrome. Like you are going to feel lost. No matter if you have the best supervision or not, you will feel a little bit lost unless you have ultra confidence. No, ultra and ego. it's different than passing the test. Like so different. Right? Like so different. It's like Why I went in, I'm like, it? I know this Cooper book backward, forward. I could teach it to you, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, <laughs> what? Like, that's not what anyone's asking you about. No. So why is it that our supervision experience, our master's program, and our exam, they're the three things that we need in order to become a BCBA, yeah? Why are they so segregated? Why are they so separated? Why, like, they're not cohesive units at all. It's so separated. So I think that at local, what we try and do is in, incorporate it as much as possible to be as cohesive as possible so that you do feel exam ready. You do feel clinician ready. You do feel CEU ready. Uh, like you can, you can present at some point when you feel comfortable too. So it's a very holistic kind of experience. It's, it's, it's different. So and Peggy say. works in that, like, you know, yeah. the, you can only control yourself. Like, what are you going to do? Um, and one of the questions, and I don't even know what my answer is to this, but Peggy had asked, like, you know, what would you rather have more of, time or money, right? Mm. And what was your answer in your CEU? Just give a teaser. Mine? Um, yeah. Time. Time is your most valuable resource. Money might seem like it is, but you can have all the money in the world and die tomorrow. So then it means nothing, right? Mm -hmm. So I would much rather have time. I love that because I was like, and me like, money, duh, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, you're totally right. Um, but nobody you know. thinks about it that way because we think we are so programmed to think that money is the most valuable resource, right? Absolutely. We're programmed to think that that's what you need to have a happy, fulfilling life. And, you know, I think when you shift that mindset to being like, well, it's more how I spend my life rather than how I spend my money in my life. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, that that narrative shift allows you to just view what you do in your day to day differently. Right. Like I'm not doing this anymore because I want to get rich. I'm doing this because it feels good to do it every day. You know, and if you're not feeling good every day, then why are you even doing then why it? are you doing it? Exactly. Yeah. That time is. is so valuable. I just saw this reel. I love reels. I'm obsessed with reels. Um, where it said, would you rather me give you a million dollars that you could spend in six months, whatever, or would you rather me give you $10 million and you can't wake up tomorrow kind of thing? What would you rather have? And they were like, obviously the million for six months, what, whatever, right? And mm -hmm. then they were like, well, then so you're saying that waking up tomorrow is worth $10 million. Why aren't you acting like it? Right? Wow. I was like, I have goosebumps. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Wow. So, Why aren't you acting like it? It's so true. And there's another thing, you know, and this goes along with probably the self-care side of it, but um, 
just other countries. Like I, I read, my aunt sent me something because whenever we talk, she's always like, how are you? I'm like, I'm so busy. And she's like, you know what? Like, is it, that seems like a problem. And like, there was something that I had seen out there. That's like, that should not be your, like your go-to. And if it is, you need to change it because like, that's Other literally the only speak. language I speak. Like my sister. No, no, this is Liat's language. I'm so over my head. I'm so over my head. That's, that's I live there. It's I, all you I say. live and there. Like, and then my sister, like in girl. response, sends me her like Google Calendar that shows like five things overlapping at once. She's like, "You're over your head. Here I am." Let me see. Yeah, it's like thought. we one up each other. It, it's like it's so pathetic. It's sick. It's so. But then it begs the question: like, how workable is that for you yeah, guys? I maintainable, right? No. My, I, like, if you ever, anyone hears me teaching about, like, life balance and this and that, like, know that I am totally bullshitting you. <laughs> like, every part of me is so, like, okay, ready to work for the day. Taking Adderall. Okay. Meeting to meeting. Am I prepped for it? No. Am I here? Yes. Okay. Now I'm going to add this onto my plate. Doesn't seem necessary. Let me do this. Okay. Let me, I add so much more that things that are like, yeah, why are you doing that? And then- yeah. It's like, okay, Liat, time to tune down for the day. Time to take a Xanax. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. I think time to go to bed probably so I could wake up tomorrow. Okay. Oh, let me make sure I'm putting Kobe in here. Okay, Kobe, let's do an activity, me and you. I feel like I'm about to pass out dead tired. But <laughs> let's go to the pool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, I – I, like, I know I need, like, help in that – it's – I feel completely – sorry, I use this as a therapy session. I just, I do con- always feel completely overwhelmed. And I try to, like, help her in the sense of, like, that's not a fire. And I think that this right. is a good lesson for anyone that's a new BCBA too or even just, like, getting your master's or feeling this way is that – and I used to be the same way of, like, it's a fire. If I got an email that was, like, negative or if, like, whatever, anything, it's a fire. It's a fire. And I would, like, freak out and go to, like, level 10 – and I've gotten really a lot better at being like, hmm, well, that can wait. Or and everything that meeting is, is not the end of the world if you need to push something. Like tomorrow we have a conflict. We were going to meet, all meet as a team. And it's like, do we really need to do that tomorrow? No, we could move it to next week or the week after. It is not a fire. It is not going to end someone's life. It is not going to affect anything. You know, the um, only time I realize that and I have like that, like you say that, it's like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, nothing's urgent. The only time I realize it is when I end up in the hospital. And it's yes, like we have like, our biggest meeting with whatever it is and it's canceled. And I'm like, whoa, dude, that thing that seemed like the most like, who cares? Like, and it, I think also it's about the surrounding environment of mm-hmm. your team, right? Like, so, for example, if I'm working on a team and they're all like, it's a fire, it's a fire, it's a fire, I'm thinking it's a fire, it's a fire, right? Yeah. And you kind of, I am a empath, like 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, I will, fe- if Peggy is crying, I will probably be crying later, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. if Which Peggy, happens often. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We have like um, debriefs, like check ins every meeting, and, um, you know, we account it for like five, eight, 10 minutes, and it ends up being like 30 minutes or both crying and just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, 
You are the Leon Casey. <laughs> She's like, you want to break down your mom real quick? And we're like 45 minutes in about my childhood. Exactly. She's like, all right. And then we're like, all right, let's go work on ethics. Like, right. Yeah. Okay. We have 15 minutes to do MBS. Um, no, it's but, but that's why I'm so thankful for choosing the right partner. So if you're ever thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. your, your business, right, Leah, and your, your, you choosing Casey and like, you know, I know you've chosen like other people on your team and I'm sure you can attest to this. Like it makes such a difference having the right team, the right person by your side. Right. And wow. Um, for Peggy, she is my calm. When I'm up, she's calm. When she's up, I'm calm. So like we do about like, sometimes we're both in, shitty state like Mm -hmm. we're both struggling we both have sister things going on we both have you know family things going on we both have whatever it might be you know and uh like I don't know we're just connected a lot and so but we we find that in each other to be like okay it's not a fire we're good we can get through this you know or being able to be honest with your person totally yeah and I told her yesterday, we, I just broke down to her yesterday crying. And I was like, I need you to not tell me it's okay. I need you to not tell me, um, no, that's not how it is. Okay. And she's like, got it. Okay. And then <laughs> it was just like my soundboard. And she's like, okay. You know, and it just made me feel so much better because I know, I don't know about you guys, but when I tell people things, I expect a certain verbal response. And if I don't get that certain verbal response, I'm pissed sometimes. You know? <laughs> and so I try and like prompt my people like, okay, like don't say this, okay? Or please like just be my soundboard right now. And so. Uh, but I love that because it's like yeah. literally telling me, <clears throat> excuse me, what you need in that moment. And it's like, okay, you can. Giving you the me. SD, right? Yeah, She's exactly. telling you. Exactly. I need that sometimes. Because I'll automatically well, go I fix know it. you so well, though. No, like, I'll if automatically we're meeting... go fix it. Like, I'm like, Casey's telling me something. She's probably just wanting me to hear it. I'm like, that's it. I'm calling CPS. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm calling. Give me give me your mom's number. I'm like, and sometimes I think she wants me to listen. But I'm like, I just know who I am. I'm like. A bulldog. Like, don't. I'm a golden retriever and she's a bulldog. Yes, she is. She'd be like, oh, by the way, I Facebook messaged your mom. I'm like, why? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, just my God. Why did she hurt you? I'm like, my mom. Oh, my God. I mean, it's always fine. But um, I think that also being able to – what going. this is just going a little bit back to when Mar- Marissa said that she finally realized that supervision was her thing and that it was okay and – I think that was hard for me when I first started test prep with Leah is that I felt like guilty not being in the clinic. I felt guilty. Like this isn't what I like went and got my master's for. And when I finally like allowed myself that grace and compassion that Casey, you're freaking good at this. And you like fall into that lane and fall in love with what you're doing and and own it. That's when everything changed for me. I used to feel so guilt, anxiety, like, Ugh, like, oh my God, I, I I got out of the restaurant industry so I don't have to work at night. And here I am working two nights a week till like 11 o'clock. Like, but because when you love something so much, like 
there's not one class that I'm in or when I finish that I'm like, ugh, that like I, I I get so much reinforcement from it. Yes. Um, with the students and light bulb moments and you know, just helping people through emails and helping people w- along this process, letting them know they're not alone, helping them with little things that they might have questions about. Um, and once I accepted that, I was like, oh, okay, this is okay. Like not everyone has to fit into this box of like, this is what no, you must do. No, it's necessary to have people doing these other little things along the way is because I'm going to give a, um, a metaphor to what I'm currently dealing with in my life. But I realized like, so I'm renovating my house, which is a blessing to be able to do. And I can't, but I like totally regret it because I'm so stressed out all the time. <laughs> but I also was like, I was all proud of myself. I got estimates. And then I was like, okay, I found one guy who could do it all. I'm going directly to the source. He could do drywall. He could do painting. He could do flooring. He could do this. He could do that. Right? And I'm like, I'm saving so much money. Then going to one of these companies, blah, blah, blah. Dude, you spend more money and more things when you try to go to someone who could do it all. So when you find someone, like the biggest lesson I've learned is like, I should have got a painter. I should have got someone who was really good at supervision. I should have got someone who does flooring. And that's what they do. And they do it well. When you find Mm. someone who does a little bit of everything, you're not getting the best quality. And it's going to take you longer. It's going to cost you more money in the end. It's going to cost you your mental sanity. Like all these other things. And so like, when you talk about the supervision, I think a lot of people up front are like, why the F would I ever pay for it when I could get for it sure. in my clinic for free? Granted, they're just signing for it. And I'm not really having to do anything, have to prove anything. They'll just sign every week. But it costs you more in the end because now it costs you like you're going to try to take every CEU possible to learn about how to be a BCBA after. And it costs you your mental health like, when you don't I, I'm know saying how to do something you don't feel good. I'm saying there's all these offset costs. Like I, I'm like – just right now, I'm, I'm t- honestly in my house. I'm like, why did I try take the cheaper way out of something? I'm like, oh, whatever. I love this person; he can do it all. Now I've been paying for a rental house for four months. <laughs> like it, it's things that you like. It's all these offset costs of your mental health. Like I've been more stressed than ever. Like I've been in the hospital like twice over this time because I like. I'm like, what did I do? And so, you know. Casey, when you're like, oh, I was feeling all bad, like I'm not actually helping clients because I'm not in the field. Yeah, you are. You being specific at what you do and leading someone, knowing their stuff really well and and bringing them a stronger BCBA because we have that opportunity when they're in our test prep. Or like Marissa and Peggy, when you guys are, you know, meeting with people and just doing quality supervision, whatever they're paying then will cost them much less than... I mean, I'm sad the amount of people I hear who are BCBAs who have left being a BCBA after all this school because they didn't have the prep to do it. Like, they didn't have the support. They didn't know what they're doing. So it ends up costing you more. You end up renting a house longer. You end up paying twice for projects to be done. You end up paying more for your test exam. Yeah, like the amount of people who come are like, do you guys offer mentorship? It's like because they didn't have supervision before. And it's (laughs) no one knows this ahead of time until, you know, you think at the time you figured out a, like, you think you've worked the system, basically. Like, I, right, like, and 
I, I see it so clearly now, just like in my process with my house, but I've done it with other things too. Like, oh, we found this app developer. He's so cheap. It's amazing. And it's like, okay. You do it with your hair. You get the same shitty guy to come do your hair and you hate it every single time. Like, it's just like, and then so I end up doing it twice or three times. And <laughs> yeah, just, it's like a lesson that like I've come into contact myself and it's like, why don't I, I mean, I do learn eventually on a third time that I pay for it. But then it's like a, a new – so I just think people understanding, first of all, to Casey, realizing like what you're doing, your reach is still helping those clients. Mm -hmm. Like yes. if you could make them – if you could make better BCBAs and like when we are able to like get on our high horse and like talk to our students studying of being like, mm -hmm. don't be a BCBA hole. You're this – like you're not helping the situation for any of these kids or these adults you're working with. And supervision, like you guys, like Peggy and Marissa, you have the opportunity to like have people in like a really like in a stage that they're listening, right? Like a shaping moment. Like yeah. you are shaping their behaviors and that in 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 a way that you can dedicate that time now. Exactly. Yeah. And this is a place where they're learning, right? Because when you're a BCBA, for whatever reason, you think you have to have it all figured out. And you can't ask any more questions. One, that's not true. You should always, we're always learning every single day, even when you're a BCBA. But especially when you're in your field work, you should have the freedom to ask any questions that you want. And you should be asking questions every, every day, every meeting. So, and you should feel comfortable asking those questions. I know in my supervision experience, I felt like I had to know everything just as a supervisee, just as a yeah. candidate. And I didn't. And therefore, it led me to not passing my exam five times and redoing all my hours. So it was just a lot. So it's good to have that person that you could come to and be like, hey, I don't really understand this. Can you break it down for me? Or can you can we talk about it? And one thing that Marissa and I took away when we were we had our little pre-meeting is like I was so bad at um, admitting I was wrong, like as a teacher. Yeah, you That's were like one of the biggest. I was a like I think back on some of the ways I'd react to someone when they'd like if like, I was like mm, like in class or something like she'd do it in a very nice way, but like and then I'd be like what? No, I, I will pull out Cooper right now. Like so defensive, like so like I know everything. That's the best when she pull it out and she'd still be wrong, and I'm like. <laughs> Okay, yeah. But I admit now, and I actually, it's made me a calmer teacher. It's made me a, a more relatable teacher. Uh, so many things. It's made me a better learner because I don't need to know everything. And just admitting that I don't, just because I'm your main teacher, I don't know everything. And that's, that's cool. impossible. So I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. Let's learn this together, which is what you guys do at local yes. and what Liat has taught me that that is the staff away. Casey, get on board or get out because you're a psycho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that is really important for anyone out there. It, no dumb question, right? No. Ask anything you ever need to ask. Yes. Okay. So I want, I want to ask a question for anyone listening because I think this might help someone. And I, I have two things before we like end up I want to ask. I want to ask this question and then I want you also to – so this could help anyone who's in the stage of collecting hours because we get this mm -hmm. question a lot. And then I also want you to um, talk about the CEUs that you have on our site that yeah. I actually – I just put them all I in the show notes. your supervision through a DM one while getting my body lasered. 
Um, For like hair removal? Yeah. And I went to like the weirdest place ever. And like while they're doing it, I realized it's called like eyebrow and it was like, again, me trying to get the cheaper way out of things. It was like eyebrow (laughs) and more. And like as I'm laying on the bed, like having your CEO on the side, I'm like looking (laughs) up and I'm like – like they have their like – like they obviously like got these letters for their wall like from like Michaels or something and it felt like eyebrow wrong. It was like eyebrow. Oh with an my e. goodness. And I'm like, this is another example of me like trying – like it's like, okay, that was an eyebrow threading place. Like keep it at that. <laughs> like the lady somehow like got a laser machine in the back and I'm like, I'm going to go because like I ran out of my things at like an actual like med spa and like my legs are still hairy. Um, But as I'm sitting <laughs> – like, that's, that's just another example of me like trying to like cut a corner and then being like, bro, they can't even spell eyebrow. Like what am I putting a laser to myself for? But anyways, okay. So I want you to talk about those. The I, I really, and, and by the way, I am easily bored in CEUs and I actually really enjoyed that. Like I have some kind of disease where like if a CEU doesn't attract me in three seconds, I start feeling like I'm like drowning underwater. So she gets so angry. I hate this. I'm like, oh okay. God. It's like an anger. And I'm not like anger is not my go-to. You're not emotion. an angry person, no, but you are. But anyways, okay. So my first question is this. For anyone listening who is still like a supervisee or trying to figure out this question, mm-hmm. um, save me responding from an email or a DM if they hear this. Sure. What activities can count as unrestricted hours? An unrestricted hour is anything that is behavior analytic in nature and anything that is done on a daily basis uh, performed by a BCBA. So that's a whole range of things. If a BCBA were to really sit down and write down all the things that they do in a day, that might look like a lot of different things, conflict resolution, um, having a parent training, putting out fires, right? Like, and the task list is derived through subject matter experts from the BACB who are regular schmegular people that have been elected to, um, to observe BCBAs on a daily basis or BCABAs and write down what they do. And that's how the task list is created. So by you teaching the task list, you are actually um, teaching unrestricted items as well. So, uh, Peggy, do, is anything you want to add to that one? No, I think you nailed it. And that's where it gets really fun, right, is because it's yeah. anything that a behavior analyst does that's behavior analytic in nature. So we get really creative in what unrestricted hours look like at local, and it depends on each person. It so depends on each person because we can't have a person go in and do a parent training if they've never even met parent, if they don't, if they've never done that before, we have to assess where they're at in their supervision and then go from there and like build that skill up. So it's individualized. And what is restricted? Restricted is anything that is done with a client um, that you're like directly observing eyes to eyes on them could be asynchronous. It can be a group. It can be individuals. Um, 
And again, it has to be behavior analytic in nature, focusing anything on the dimensions of ABA or the three uh, components of ABA, such as punishment, extinction, reinforcement. Um, for example, if you're looking at a classroom teacher, and I talk about this in uh, your CEO, um, if you and if you're if you're um, observing a classroom sped teacher or even a general ed teacher. Um, if they're teaching the class, that's not ABA, right? But if they're using group contingencies, if they're using uh, reinforcement uh, schedules, if they're um, doing anything behavior analytic, then that becomes obviously behavior analytic in nature. So token uh, economies. Yeah, token economies. There we go. Yeah. Training paraprofessionals, training your BI. That Data can, collection. That can also um, count as a client in some certain scenarios as well. So, so it's a little more tricky. I'm going to tell people who, if you're supervisee, because we get questions all the time, like, can this count? Can this count? I'm just going to let you know a little bit of like what's going on in your supervisor's head. They're probably like so overwhelmed, right? That they're like, my ass is on the line here. I don't want to say yes in case that's not going to count. So let them listen to this part of the episode. Okay. Let them know. And then yet, let them go to, look at the CEU and we have a tool there that will let them better yet. Exactly. We will yeah. actually link the CEU in the show notes, both of them, because I already did it. But <laughs> I mean, she's amazing. She's amazing. She just like lives to say, I already did it. She's, I know. And by the way, you were like, I sent you the podcast outline. I saw you send it that moment. We were on the phone. I had sent it three times this week. Okay. I was really hoping that this learned helplessness that you have of me re like having to send it the moment before would like change, but I realize it won't. Well, I thought so. you were going to help me with my inbox a little, and I didn't see any help in it. So I just, okay, whatever. We'll talk about this after. We don't need to do this. On, we don't need to. We don't need to air out on the air. You know, we'll, we'll air out after. Um, okay, so everyone, I really, I really, really, really recommend. First of all, that you. Really look into your supervision, what kind of supervision you're getting, because the problem is, at least for myself and most people, is that you only realize it once you get a job that you had shooting shitty supervision. <laughs> you don't realize, like, mm -hmm. that it matters. Um, so number one, look into what you're getting supervised for and advocate for yourself. Like, you have to say, like, and it's not that you need to go and be like, you're not giving me good supervision. You need to actually look, like, also look at what your supervisor is currently dealing with. Like, maybe... They're on a, like, you know, it's like, okay, I could see they really don't have the time to do whatever it and is. And if so, you're a supervisor, advocate that you don't have time to do it. Like Peggy said, it's okay to say no to that. Actually, it's your ethical obligation to be like, I can't give you mm -hmm. quality supervision right now. <laughs> so you you need to say that. And just because you said yes doesn't mean you can't say no. I've done that. I'm the queen of that being like I took people I mean on. there is a there is a continuity of supervision contract that you should write within your contract in order to uh, follow the supervision ethics guidelines but um, it is okay to um, transfer um, so just like a client we're not gonna abandon them we're not gonna abandon a supervisee as well um, and just have a transfer place in in uh, progress. And you know, if you're if you're a supervisee right now and there are some things that just feel off or feel like they're not right, like go with your gut. Start doing some research. Look into what your requirements are and what 
what should be happening because that's kind of what happened to me was like it was a year and a half of me in my head going something about this doesn't seem right. Mm, something about this doesn't seem fully supportive. And then a year and a half goes by and it come to find out, yeah, no, none of it was legitimate. And then I had to start over. So if you're feeling that, if you're, if any red flags are going off for you, like definitely follow your intuition and, and do your homework, do your research, because if you don't do it now, you're going to be a BCBA and you're going to be like starting from scratch. Right. So if you get there. So, so do your homework. If you're, if you have any questions or reach out to us, where can they find you? Where can they find you? Marissa on Instagram, Marissa local ABA. That's like the quickest way I would say to get a hold of me, um, through a DM and then, um, local ABA.com. And also Marissa local ABA at gmail.com is the email and Peggy's. IG. Yeah, so I would say for me, the Peggy at local BCBA Gmail is the best because I don't go on my Instagram very often. So if Instagram's your jam, go to Marissa. Um, she's definitely she'll respond there fast. Yeah. But That's for me, email. Yeah, sorry. I love it. All right, guys, you heard it here. Take supervision seriously. Um, if you're a BCBA listening and you're supervising, send people over. Seriously, if it's above your – like if you know you're not doing a good job. It also doesn't feel good for you when you feel like you're giving shitty supervision. So just know that you have this as an option to, you know, refer out. And if you're a supervisee thinking about – where or getting ready to start your supervision, keep this in mind. And with that, also go check out our CEUs. Yeah. If like Peggy was saying, you have that oots in your stomach that you're like, mm, something's a little off, check out the CEU. Um, you'll know a lot more of your rights as a supervisee after the CEUs for sure. I love it. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Casey, always fun to air out with you, sis. Mwah. Uh, Me too. I missed you. Missed you, sis. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Peggy and Marissa, you guys are an awesome team. I could feel it. And I even feel like I could tell that Peggy is like the calm. I feel like she's like about to go surfing or something. Do you surf? She probably is. I do. I surf every single day if I can. Yeah, you gave off that vibe. She's like a balanced woman. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm working towards what balance looks like in my life. But, you know. No, I'm not. I'm not there yet. Thank you, though. I appreciate it. I don't know. Maybe the, like the context was like the surfboard in the background. I was like, well, because yeah, there's lots there, and there's there down the hall. Like there's surfboards everywhere. We surf a lot. Oh, because I didn't know if it was that. I was like, is that a surfboard or a tanning tent? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, Peggy no, looks like she'd be having a tent tent here. Tent. No, I actually just brought one to the office, case. So when you come here in September, we can do fake spray tans. Woo! Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Okay. This is, where, this is where I end the episode. Um, okay. Everyone. Thanks for listening. You know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast, on our website, Behavior Bitches. Go ahead to the Apple if you have an iPhone. No offense to not iPhone people, but it's time that we get some more reviews. I am needing that yes. reinforcement. I'm feeling like I'm lacking it. And if you have not left us a five-star review, how are we going to continue the podcast? You know, behavior only continues when there's reinforcement present. So, Go ahead, leave us a review. 
And if you have any topics you want us to talk on, if you know someone who would be amazing to come on or a topic or suggestions, you can send it all to us through our website, behaviorbitches.com, or we also have behaviorbitches at studynotesava.com. That's all we have for you today. As always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him. And he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 